getting ready to go right into part two. And it is interesting. My paper is missing for part two. It's not even now. I have it all written down. My paper is absolutely missing for part two. It's gone. It may be over in my bag. It may have blown out the window. Is is it here? No, this is one. This is the other part. I've already preached that. So it's uh, it's gone. It's just gone. It's just gone. It's all typed out. It's all outlined. It's just gone. What am I preaching on? See, and sometimes, sometimes God can give us an illustration of something. This just, this stuff don't work like we figure. You got all your stuff outlined. You got all the way it's supposed to go, and all of a sudden the paper just gone. Ah, oh, Peter said the sermon number that's coming up is number fifty-four forty-two. <laughs> so, so yeah, so some. You have all this stuff figured out and it just does not go like you figure. But when God puts you on hold or when God snatches a resource from you, you still have to go on. So I still have to go on with part two without the paper and, 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 and have to just let God breathe the Holy Spirit. And so, so here we go again. But that, uh... Thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. And this is part two of the message, when God shuts you down. And it is an interesting part because my notes and all of my outline, for some reason, has just disappeared. I had it in my folder, I thought... I went to flip to it. It was just absolutely missing. And it was simply an illustration that sometimes God will do some things that we just didn't plan on. It's not, you know, there's the old joke that goes, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. (laughs) But there are reasons as to why God will shut us down. One reason that God will shut us down is the reason of timing. Our time is not God's time. The the first statement of the proclamation of 42 is that, Lord, help my will to become your will. Help help me to get in line. And, And sometimes we have to understand that God's will includes timing. We are an impatient Group, we're, we're an impatient being. Our, our very nature, and especially the modern nature now, because everything is so instantaneous now. We want faster and faster and faster and faster stuff. Everything now is instant messaging. It's instant download. It's, it's, now we got instant movies on demand. You don't even have to wait until it comes on television, and, you just, and it's instant. Everything we want right now, well, God sometimes, he has a timing for stuff. We may want it tomorrow, and God says, no, it's not tomorrow. The time for this is 20 years from now. His timing is not ours. So whenever his timing is not our timing, he has to shut us down until the timing of the thing comes to be. Sometimes God will shut us down because the thing that we want 
is actually not in his will at all and is totally destructive to us. When Michael Jackson died, a lot of people were sorrowful, crying and just wondering, you know, it, it was he was the world's most renowned and famous and popular entertaining artist. And his death shook the world. And I know my wife was telling me, she said, oh, that is just so sad that Michael Jackson has died. I said, Michael Jackson is probably in a much better place now and much more at peace than he was here because he was going through some stuff. We used to be in the entertainment business. We made three albums and we always wondered, Lord, why can't we succeed big in this business? Why can't we have the breakthrough? Why, why, why can't we have an album that goes to number one or a record or, or now called a CD? Why can't we have a song that goes to number one? And it took years before I understood why God shut us down. If we had become just a fraction of what Michael Jackson was, it would have more than likely totally ruined our lives. I mean, the stuff that that kind of fame and that kind of popularity, the stuff that it brings, very few people can handle. That's why most of them have to have drugs to either get away, to escape it all. They, they, that, I wouldn't have been able to handle it. And, and, and I probably, even though I may consider myself to be a strong man, if I had succeeded and if I had a number one record out, if I was there at the top of the charts, if everywhere I walked, women would just surround me and just come for my autograph and just flop me, Pastor would have had some problems. <laughs> do, you, do you understand that? I, I, you know, I, I think I'm a reasonably strong man, but I mean, and, and I, I'm going to tell you, folks, there's some folk out there that can come at you, and when you have them coming at you like that day in after Day after day after day after day after day, pastor would have had some problems. So I understand now. Now, see, at the time, I couldn't see it. At the time, I was working hard, creating music in the studio. At the time, I was sweating. I was trying to make this thing a success. At the time, I could not understand why God Shut us down. Now I can look back and I can say, my God, if you had allowed us to succeed in that, it would have destroyed both of the Bronner brothers. I know why he had to shut us down, because sometimes if he opens up the blessings, we can't handle it. When you when you read through the Bible, every time God blessed the people heavily, it was not long until they turned their face from God and went to worship. So sometimes God has to shut us down just to keep us from being destroyed. Sometimes God has to shut us down so that we will appreciate and consecrate. With Hannah, she had been barren so long, and then God had the other wife, Peninnah, who was just irritating and taunting her. Now, you know, two wives can be an issue as it is. And then one of them had children and the other one didn't. So the one who, but, but the husband loved the one who 
didn't have any children more. It was identical to Rachel and Leah. So what God did, God says, because Leah was hated, he opened her womb and shut Rachel's. And it gave the hated woman a little more joy to say, at least I got children. And she was taunting the other one about it. He may love you, but you barren. <laughs> now, it's a good thing that women today wouldn't do something like that. It's a good thing that Christian women today would not do or say something like that. But back then, you all said back then. See, back then, women would do stuff like that. But not with our Christian ethic today. We won't do that kind of thing. But back then, that woman was taunting the other woman. She knew the husband loved this one more. But she was taunting her every time and irritating her, saying, I've got children and you can't have any. Mm. So, so... And it was getting to her. So Hannah got down on her knees and she prayed and year after year after year and God still did not open her womb. And the Bible says twice he had shut her womb. So she prayed over and over and over again until she got to the point where she said, Lord, if you give me this thing, I will give it back to you. See, most women cannot give up their child, but God shut Hannah's womb to a point to where she reached a point of desperation to where she says, if you give me this thing, I will give it back to you. And see, that, that's the problem with most of us. If God gave us the thing, we and, and sometimes it's, it's, it's material stuff. We, we're praying and begging God for a new car. We've got a rattle trap. And do you know how it is with rattle traps? A lot of times people have bumper stickers all over the rattle trap. Honk if you love Jesus, you know. You get a new car, you don't find a honk if you love Jesus. Why, why, why? You don't find a honk if you love Jesus on a new car. Now, now why do you think that people will put a honk if you love Jesus on a rattle trap but they won't put a honk if you love Jesus on a new car. See, while they're driving the rattle trap, they're praying to God, Lord, please give me another car. They're going around picking up folk coming to church, all kinds of When they get the new car, they slow down on picking up because they may mess up their, their seats. They slow down. And we have seen it happen over and over. So God, he had to put Hannah in a position of desperation where she said, Lord, if you give me this thing, I will give it back to you. Can you imagine where the church, the body of Christ would be today if all that God had given us, we rededicated it back to him? If you give me this thing, I, I will give it back to you. And the son and the child that she had, and she, she's concentrated, said, I, I, I'll give him back to you. And no razor shall touch his head. In other words, it was the Nazarite vow. She said, I'll keep him under your laws. I'll keep him under the purity and the strictness of your laws. If you just give me a child and get this nagging woman off my neck. And see, that was in there. That, that was a major part of the reason. And sometimes God will put the nag in the middle of your world. To nag you and to push you to the point of doing what his ultimate will is. If you just give me this child, 
and get this nagging woman off my neck. I will give this child back to you. So when Hannah had Samuel, as soon as she had weaned him from the breast, she took him to Eli and gave him to Eli. And under ordinary circumstances, she could not have done that because a mother would not give up her child. But she had been pushed to the point of desperation. And when you continue reading on in Samuel, Hannah had five children. So she gave God one and he gave her four more. See, see and that, that's one of those principles. See, you're never going to go wrong giving God your best. She gave God one and he gave her four in addition to the one. And she still had the one because he was up with the prophet and the priest. Sometimes God has to shut us down so that we will appreciate and consecrate. And see what happens when you've been shut down, you're going to appreciate some stuff a lot more. You get shut down on something and, and, and miss it and about to lose it, you will appreciate it a whole whole lot more. See, oftentimes when God gives us stuff, we, we take his stuff for granted. If it's easy and it's always there, we just take it for granted. So God has to sometimes shut it down so you won't take it for granted. So you will appreciate it. So you just, I remember way back, I used to have a red Corvette. The Corvette of that year, it had the door handle. It was on top of the car and you pushed down to open it. Well, the lever broke on it. And the lever broke and Corvettes were super expensive to maintain. So I knew to get that thing fixed, man, going to take the door off. I knew that thing was going to, no telling how much it was going to cost. So I rode around for like three months with the door handle broken. The vet was a two-seater. So what I had to do every time I got in the car, because I always had to lock it up. Every time I got in the car, I had to go around to the passenger side, unlock the passenger side, open the door, reach across, open it from the inside, and then go back around. <laughs> when I finally got the handle fixed. Every time I opened that door, I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciated just being able to open the door of the car because I had been deprived of it and it had been shut down. And when I got it back, I appreciated it a whole lot more. Prior to that, how many of you ought to thank God for your car door handle working lately? We don't appreciate things until we lose it or run the risk of losing it. And then it becomes precious. So sometimes God has to shut some things down so that we will appreciate and so that we will consecrate those things. There are sometimes God has to shut some things down and I don't and you don't have a clue as to why. The last sermon that I preached, sermon number 5440, dealt with the first book of the Bible by all of the scholars reckoning, which is the book of Job. And all of the stuff that God shut down in Job's life, Job didn't have a clue as to why. And God never told him. There's a lot of things in your life and God will Shut it down, look like he'll mess it up, cut it off, and you don't know why. And a lot of it, you may never find out why. And I understand, just as God spoke to Job when Job was questioning God, and God told Job, where were you when I flung the 
stars in the sky. Where were you when I told the ocean this far and no further? Where were you when I did all that stuff? See, see, I recognize that I think that I'm reasonably smart, but I recognize how stupid I am. I've, I've got a chemistry degree. I can create a lot of things, but I can't even make a blade of grass. I can't even make a blade of grass. And worse than that, not only can I not make a blade of grass, I can't even make the dirt that the grass grows in. My limitation is, is so limited. So how in the world, and I can literally create nothing compared to the grand, eternal, divine, celestial scale of God. How in the world can I understand the orchestrations of God, and I can't even make dirt. So a whole lot of this stuff, when God shuts it down, we just won't understand. We'll go to our grave never knowing. Naomi went to her grave never knowing why she had to go through it. She thought God was against her. She thought God had set his hand. And, and some of you right now, you feel the same way. You feel that God is against you, and you don't know. You don't understand. You don't realize that you're in God's grand orchestration for something just awesome. If you knew what it was, it'd blow your socks off. If Naomi knew that she was in the bloodline of Jesus, it would have blown. If she knew that she was a part of the grand orchestration to save the whole world, it would have changed. If she knew that she was in the line to produce the king, if she just knew. But she never knew. And even if she had have known, she would have questioned how God did it. She would have said, Lord, look like you could have done this thing easier than this. Why didn't you just choose a woman in Bethlehem to start with? You know, have, have you all ever asked God the question? Why did you look? I understand. Why did you have to go through all this? Naomi, because look, why did you have to let my husband die? Why did you have to let my sons die? You could have, you could have done, you God, you could have done this without sending me through all this pain and misery. You didn't have to do, you, you never know. Some of you are going through some stuff right now because you're going to need to go through it to tell somebody else how to get through it. There's no, it, I, see, it's, it's, look, don't, don't any of you come to me about drug counseling. I can't tell you anything about that. I've never been on drugs. I just have never had a desire. I can't stand cigarettes, smoke, none. The stuff I, you can't come to me for any drug counseling because the stuff I'm going to tell you, to be honest, is not born out of a hoop worth of experience. <laughs> but if you go to someone who has been on drugs and who's gotten off of drugs and been clean for the last 20 years, they can sit down and tell you, I know what that crack is doing to you. I know what it's like to have a heroin Jones. Let me tell you how to get out of that. Sometimes God has to send you through and he has to shut down some things so that you can even relate to someone else who's going through it. And you don't know what the reason is. Sometimes God has to shut down some things to toughen us up. There is nothing that toughens you like carrying around some heavy weight. There's nothing that makes you stronger spiritually. How are you going to get strong spiritually? You don't go through anything. Just, you know, it just, you don't, you don't, how you going to ever get strong in the Lord and you really have never gone through anything to really test the Lord? How are you going, how are you going to get strong? So oftentimes God will have to shut some stuff down to strengthen us. 
we have the exercise class and sometimes Ringo and Ken, they, I hear the people down there just groaning and moaning and, and just, oh my, oh my goodness. And, and, we, and we had a, 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 a new person in there last week and I just heard them next to me tell me, oh, I just hate this. I just hate this. And they were doing it. And each time, each time they go to new exit, oh, I just hate this. Some of you are going through some situations right now. And that's what you, oh, I just hate this. But, but yet, it is strengthening you. It is making your faith, your ability to withstand, it is making you stronger. But God has to shut some stuff down in order for you to go through it. To strengthen it. And see, after you get through with the class, your feet. Now, sometimes you're sore for a couple of days. See, sometimes after you get through with the lesson, you're still sore. But over time, you get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Sometimes God has to shut some things down because there is no testimony without a test. There is no testimony without a test. Some of the greatest testimonies that I have gone through and that I have, it's because of tests that I have gone through. But, but almost universally, none of them were pleasant. None of them. And, and if God had told me up front, I wouldn't have fooled with them, to be perfectly honest about it. I, I'm just, I'm sorry, I wish I could just tell you that, you know, me being the pastor, that if God had showed me this fiery road, I'm just going to walk down it burning. <clears throat> I'm going in the air condition. <laughs> but there is no testimony without the test. So God will oftentimes have to just shut us down so that we can go through some things so that we will have the word of our testimony. And there's nothing like going through something. Jesus, the Bible even says Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. There's something God had to shut some things down so that he suffered and he learned some things. He was mortal flesh and he just it doesn't tell us what the stuff was. It doesn't tell us that he was disobedient or whatever. But he learned some things. He learned obedience through the things he suffered. So he had to go through the stuff. Everyone whose life is detailed in any degree of detail in the Bible who did anything great had to go through some rough and twisted stuff. That if they had known about it ahead of time, would not have gone. <clears throat> if Joseph had known that he was going to have to go through the pit, be in the prison. See, what God showed him was all his brothers bowing down before him. That's what God showed him. See, turn to your person and ask, what has God shown you? See, see, that's what God, God showed Joseph all this grand stuff. God showed him this. He went to tell his father, I, I just had this dream and all my brothers are just going to be bowing down before me. And you too. Everybody just going to be That's what God showed him. But he did not show Joseph the shutdown. He didn't show him the shutdown. He didn't show him he was going to be thrown in a pit. He didn't show him he was going to be thrown in slavery. He didn't show him he was going to be falsely accused. He didn't show him he was going to spend years in prison. He didn't show him any of that. All he showed him was the promise. Because if he had shown Joseph that, Joseph would have never even breathed it to his brothers. He would have avoided all of that if God had shown him. So oftentimes, people... God has to shut us down for his purpose 
and for our benefit. And oftentimes the purposes, they transcend even beyond our lifetime. God does not think in terms of 70 years. God thinks multi, multi, multi-generational. And God thinks eternal. So when you are shut down, when God has you on hold, hold on and understand that he orchestrates all of this stuff. Yes, it's moving slower than you want. That's almost universal. I can, I'm not prophesying to you. I'm telling you. Yes, it's moving slower than you want. Almost everything. Yes, it's moving slower than you want. Yes, you feel like you won't hold. But God is holding you. He has you in his hand. He may have the switch off, but he's going to turn it on. But it'll be in his timing for his purpose, for your life, and for your benefit. God has you. We thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. Because, brother, you need the Word. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) I'm telling you. You know... This stuff, it just surprised me when I, when I saw the birthdays. I said, oh, Lord, wow, that's something. But then when I saw my paper missing, <laughs> God is trying to speak to us. And he speaks to us in signs and wonders, but he speaks to our heart. And then he speaks a lot of stuff just plain. He, he verifies some things with signs and wonders. And all of the birthdays that we had today that were highly unusual I knew that God was, had led me to speak on the closing of the womb. And when God shuts you down, but the manifestation of the opening of the womb are the birthdays. The birthdays. God had more birth in the church today than in the history of the church. So he's getting ready to open up some wounds for those who've been shut for so long. In so many areas. And so, some, some, of you got, some of you need a mate. And God has shut you down in that area. And you're wondering, you know, where are they? Where are they? Where are they? Have you ever, you, you understand what I'm saying? It, it just has been shut down. God has a reason that he shut you down. And when you start understanding some of those reasons, and some you'll never understand, but when you understand he's getting ready to open, he's getting ready to bring birth into this place, and he's starting with it now. This ends message number 5442, by Nathaniel Bronner Jr. To hear other messages or to send this message number 5442, to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com. This has been message number 5442. When God Shuts You Down, Part 2. Part 1 is number 5441. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often, and keep your spirit charged up.